Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100 best ever to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Be consistent in whatever you do, especially if you're going to do any form of marketing or branding. I think the biggest thing that a lot of people do when they form any business is they will try to jump around and do a bunch of different kind of marketing and not actually give anything the amount of nurturing that it needs to be successful. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Mike DeHaan. Mike is joining us from Spokane, Washington. He is a real estate investor and a podcaster. He's the host of the Collecting Keys podcast. He has a large residential portfolio along with some commercial real estate holdings. And as an active investor, he has 48 doors, including personal holdings and joint venture deals. He's also an LP on another 55 units. Mike, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, thanks for having me on. It's good to meet you. So my background, I guess, is uh, not necessarily real estate related to start. I uh, started as an engineer and got into real estate almost on accident. I quit my engineering job in 2018 after five years 
and basically just decided that I hate it and I want to do something different. So I quit, dabbled in a bunch of different things, started learning about business, entrepreneurship, wealth, all of the general things that allow you to live a more, I guess, free and fulfilling life. And real estate ended up being, I guess, the tool that was going to provide me the lifestyle that I wanted. So I started in, in residential, which is where I feel most people start. Started by going to meetups and ended up flipping houses by partnering with people that were just local to the area that had a little bit more money and experience than I had, whereas I had more time because I was unemployed and I was driving for Uber and working at a gym as my main source of income at the time and started flipping houses. And then after doing that a few times, I decided that I wanted to get better deals. So I started an off-market investing company and basically became a wholesaler. So we ran as residential wholesalers strictly for the first couple of years. And then as that started to grow, we started to scale into learning to find larger assets through our direct-to-seller marketing methods. So I guess I'd say I was a wholesaler, but during that period of time, I flipped houses. I bought a lot of rentals. That's when I bought most of my portfolios over the last couple of years since I've been doing that. And then now over the past about a year and a bit, we have scaled that as well to starting to look for larger assets, finding mobile home parks different kinds of multifamily assets, all of which we're finding off market. For the most part, we are still wholesaling a lot of them, especially over the past little bit, because it was so easy to do so. And we can make pretty significant money because there was such a demand for properties. But right now my focus is on being a direct seller marketer as much as an investor. Nice. So Mike, you and I have some sort of similar stories here, at least in the trajectory of our investing. I started as a house hacker. I never got as involved in flipping as it sounds like you did, but I have mm-hmm. flipped a handful of houses. As an investor, primarily considered myself a buy and hold guy, but I did take wholesaling very seriously for a while and did a significant number of deals. We're recording at the beginning of 2023. I'm planning soon to get back into direct to seller marketing. I want to be more focused on apartments though. So let me ask, you said you're doing a lot of direct-to-seller marketing for larger assets. When you say larger assets, tell me a little more about that. What do you mean? Larger assets, primarily meaning larger than residential properties. So we found that kind of the sweet spot for direct-to-seller marketing in terms of response rates is the 8 to 30 unit range. So not like larger, larger, like the 100 unit apartment complexes, but good sort of range where there's still a lot of properties that are owned by mom and pops. A lot of them are sort of like legacy properties from smaller time investors, and they haven't all been snatched up by institutional money yet. But that sort of size range, whether they're mobile home parks, their apartments, even like triple net stuff, that same sort of, I would say, price range that you would typically find like an eight to 13 apartment complex, triple net industrial seems to respond really well because they have the same type of owner. And ultimately with marketing, that's what it comes down to as opposed to the asset type it is the customer that you're marketing to. You can figure out who's going to respond best to your marketing and your pitch and the type of assets that they own and reverse engineer, I guess, investment strategies around that. Because from our experience, that's where we found some of the best deals with the best margins. It's been in that eight to 30 unit size and price range. I have a lot of friends who are wholesalers or direct-to-seller marketers in Cincinnati, as well as my own activity. I want to ask, because I know it's very different now than it was even just six months or 12 months ago, when it comes to getting direct-to-seller for those larger assets, eight to 30-unit apartment buildings and similar 
valued properties and other commercial asset classes. What's working right now? What's actually getting you in front of sellers? Our bread and butter is direct mail, just tried and true, old school direct mail. I think that what's important with direct mail is that it needs to be something that stands out. And what we have found is a lot of the sellers that we work with, the things that they value are someone that has a good reputation, as well as the experience of feeling like they are establishing a relationship with somebody, as opposed to someone that's super corporate or someone that is really slick and quick on the sales process. So I think where a lot of people tend to fail in direct mail is that they will go and they will try to keep their direct mail super cheap because they're worried about their marketing costs, or they will do things that are, we can close really easily. Like we're not going to do a lot of due diligence, all this sort of stuff, but the typical multifamily and commercial off-market sellers that we deal with, they don't really care about any of that. So what we do is we send higher quality mail. So we usually send handwritten letters. I know you're doing for YouTube and we try to make things that stand out. So these are some recent stuff that we sent that has some Christmas decorations and all written with a pen. So we'll send those out. And then everything points to our website and our brand, as well as Google reviews and other things that we have out on the internet about us. So when they get that higher quality letter and they go and they look us up, they can immediately know that we are more credible than a lot of other people that are fly-by-night investors that are out there. And also, too, because they can instantly see videos from us, they can see photos from us, they feel like they have a better relationship than a lot of the other investors out there. And one of the things, too, that we find it really helps out is we try to keep things casual, especially in a lot of the markets that we work in that I would say are not like East Coast market or bigger cities. They're smaller sort of markets. They don't want to work with the rich guy in a suit. They want to work with the person that feels like they can have a relationship with, right? And they can have friendship with. So we really try to lean on us as individuals as opposed to us as professionals, if that makes sense. And that is a better seller experience. That makes a lot of sense. Tried and true, direct mail. Not surprised to hear you say that. Can I ask what other marketing mediums you have tried? Yeah. So we've tried everything, especially last year, we did a ton of cold calling. We did a ton of texting and those sort of things because we were trying to do mass volume. And that's what a lot of other people were doing at the time. We've completely stopped cold calling. We still do texting on a limited basis, particularly to, I would say like wider range lists. So just people that are strictly high equity or people that don't necessarily have a pattern of wanting to sell in the immediate future. It's because it does save the marketing dollars. But outside of that, we've also done some PPC and some different paid ads and those sort of things. But what we find is the best is, is the direct mail combined with retargeted online advertising as well. So that's a big thing I would add to that is we combine the couple of mediums. So like the SMS and the direct mail, force them to our website to get that brand awareness. And then after they go and visit our website, they get retargeted through all of the online ads that we run instead of just blindly spending a ton of money on online ads and hoping that someone wherever we want to buy, seize the properties. So your online ad spend is specific to IP addresses, I imagine, that have visited your website? 
Exactly. Yep. So they visit our website and then we have a Facebook pixel set up so they get retargeted with social media ads through their own social media. And then also we have Google retargeting set up. So it's kind of like that situation where if you've ever looked at buying some sort of widget online, and then the next thing you know, you're on a news website and you see like a little side column that's an advertisement for that thing you're just looking at, we do that same thing. So we become kind of omnipotent once they have entered our sphere. Mike, as an apartment owner operator who is willing to and usually most interested in buying highly distressed deals, Mm -hmm. I have a property management company. I have the bandwidth to go in and do a heavy lift to add significant value to a property. Mm -hmm. That eight to 30 unit space is where I believe, and a lot of investors I know across the country believe you find the best opportunities for those types of deals, specifically because of the owner that you're talking about, the mom and pop who is not sophisticated, who has been taking the easy road sometimes for decades, letting rents fall below market, letting the property fall behind on regular maintenance. Those two things often come hand in hand. I will never say this out loud to a seller, but part of that model is I'm going to charge less rent so that you don't complain when things are broken because you'd have to pay significantly more rent if you were going to go places where everything is fixed. But those kinds of properties work well for me and I love the amount of appreciation that I can force in Mm -hmm. them. So in that perspective, having done some deep value add deals in that eight to 30 unit space, very intrigued by what you're doing. Not at all interested in Spokane, Washington, so I wouldn't consider myself your competition. But for those of our listeners who are also active investors, who are in that space, who are interested in direct-to-seller marketing, and to me, tell me about your budget. And I will say the follow-up question was going to be, what is the resulting deal flow from that? So it's the forty to fifty thousand a month that we spend on marketing for everything, and that gets us the seven to eight residential deals and usually the one to two larger deals across all of the markets. So one of the reasons we expanded out into these different markets was we found that the sweet spot for target area size is about a half million people. So everywhere that we go, once you've done our market research and we've decided we want to drop into a market, we try to narrow down the demographic area into about half a million people total population size. And then we typically budget five to 7,000 per market that we are going to spend there. Per month. Per month, correct. And we found that with that, it is enough for us to get like the low-hanging fruit in most markets. And it keeps our cost per deal at 3000 to 3500 on average throughout the year. And in a lot of places, at least in our experience, as you start to increase that budget locally, the cost per deal gets more and more expensive. So we decided a couple of years ago that instead of always trying to monopolize the market and squeeze more and more out of it, we would just go with a broader range and we would start getting the easier 80% instead of trying to spend twice as much money to get that more difficult 20%. And because we do it with such intensive focus on brand and with such repetition of exposure to them, it works out pretty well for us while still being able to manage actual cost per deal appropriately. 
We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. Mike, I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. What you're saying is that in a targeted area with a population of around a half a million people, you have learned that five to $7,000 a month mm-hmm. resulting in 3000 to 3500 per deal mm-hmm. is the sweet spot and that there are diminishing returns for marketing dollars spent after that. So instead of dealing with diminishing returns, you find the market you want to operate in you find the best ways to spend that five to $7,000, which is almost always direct mail, leading people into your funnel online. And then instead of spending more money in a market, you find other markets where it makes sense to spend five to $7,000 a month looking for those deals. Yeah, that's correct. And when it comes to the markets as well, we're not in the core of any large metros. So we're not like in Dallas, for example, which is... 12 million people or something crazy, however big the whole metropolitan DFW area is. We go to sort of like key markets and we will go to a tertiary town around it that's smaller. So our competition is significantly reduced and that allows us to stand out a little bit more because we're not competing with every single person that decided that they want to invest in Chicago. We'll go to one of the smaller towns outside of it or smaller demographic area. It's about a half million people and we will target that exclusively. Why is that what you do? Is it because you are experiencing less competition there than -hmm. you would in the heart of Dallas-Fort Worth? Exactly. It all comes down to competition. And what we typically look for when we look at these markets is a history of investor presence. So we'll go on just generalist providers and look for how many cash purchases by LLCs have occurred in the area or how many LLC transactions have happened in the area. And then Facebook groups and things like that to sort of see if people are talking about those areas. We sort of cross compare that with sell my property, usually sell my house fast, Fairfield, Illinois, for example, to just see if any of these small properties have places that are being directly targeted by other off-market investors. And if we don't come up with anything, then we will launch there. We typically do a one or two month trial to sort of see what the response looks like. And something that's pretty remarkable that we found is a lot of the places that we go, I would say like the first month's always a little bit interesting because the response rates tend to be lower. By the second and third month, we start to get people reaching out to us that we realize have never talked to another off-market investor before just because they're far enough away from the general area that no one's necessarily marketing there heavily. And then they get a legitimate piece of marketing material that points them to a legitimate company 
and it piques their interest and we ended up having almost no competition. And the thing that's crazy too, is we're talking about competition with other investors, things like that, or people listening to the show, there are towns like this all over the United States. And the thing is, is they are not the towns that you ever hear about on these podcasts or on bigger pockets or anything like that. You actually have to go through and find them and it does take work, but you'd be amazed at what you can dig up when you really dive into it. And also too, if you find good deals, because we're mostly a wholesale model, if you have a good deal in a town that is two hours away from Chicago, for example, but it's still a town with some sort of industry, it's surprisingly easy to sell. And a lot of people, they think that if it's not in like a large, massively growing area, that it's not as valuable a property, but that's just not the case. You just have to basically get a better deal and make sure it's like somewhere that is growing somewhat and isn't dying. But there's places like this all over the country. And those kinds of places, there's an expectation that cap rates are going to be higher anyways. Exactly. Yep. All the time. Awesome. Well, Mike, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. What is the best ever book you recently read? For me right now, it's been Traction. It's kind of a cliche one for business owners, but as we have started to scale, Traction has been a game changer for keeping our business organized, especially as we've dropped into all these different markets. Having our process and organization figured out has been super important. And because I cowboyed this business when I started it a few years ago, a lot of it was fly by night, shoot from the hip sort of thing. And when we started scaling, that was going to bite us. So traction has been really important for us over the last year. That makes a lot of sense. What is your best ever way to give back? Well, I'm a big supporter of anything that evolves around youth activities, especially here locally. I think that's something that if you look at just the way that society has gone and more and more people are having kids and people are, some people are doing well, others aren't. The lack of children to be able to do activities, especially like the lower income spectrum is a big issue. So me and my wife, we always try to give back, whether it's sponsoring a kid's soccer team from like a lower income area or supporting some of the leagues and things like that, that they are creating that are meant for kids of like lower income. I think that's really important for development of the country and the younger people that aren't going to have the opportunities that honestly, a lot of us that are a little bit older, and I say that I'm in my early thirties, we kind of took that for granted. A lot of people aren't going to be able to do that now. So we like to give back in that way. That's awesome. I'm in complete agreement there. Mike, specific to your commercial real estate investing, residential five plus units and the other asset classes, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best of our lesson that resulted from it? The biggest mistake that we made was actually with the first larger asset that we bought, first commercial size asset, which was an eight unit, where I think a lot of people made this mistake over the last couple of years, but we grossly overestimated what the expected cap rate was going to be when we went to exit it because it was a style of property that was slightly less desirable just because of the age and the specific location. And we did not look at the micro demographics of the location that we bought this property. So essentially there was properties across the river that were more A-class that had much higher value because of the neighborhood they were in and the tax situation in those zones. And the one that we had, we assumed would be the same. And we were excited about the price compared to the ones across the river. And we ended up having an exit on it of, I think it was about 30% less than what we were expecting. So we were expecting to make about 200000 And we ended up, after all was said and done, and there was like some other things too with the reno and that sort of stuff we didn't help for Greg. I think we made about sixty. So we still came out okay, but it was a, a 
big waste of time and effort if you look at everything that went into it over what our capital could have been spent on in the time that took us to do that. It's a mistake that a lot of investors make for sure. And I saw a lesson to be learned. That said, Mike, what is your best ever advice? Best ever advice I would give you is to be consistent in whatever you do, especially if you're going to do any form of marketing or branding. I think the biggest thing that a lot of people do when they form any business is they will try to jump around and do a bunch of different kind of marketing and not actually give anything the amount of nurturing that it needs to be successful. And you'll see that with brands as well. There's so many people that have small businesses that try to rebrand every three to four months because they aren't rich yet. You need to commit, get the brand history, commit to your marketing, and just do it consistently for a long period of time. And instead of always changing it, you got to just evaluate, refine, and repeat it. Just like everything else, it all takes practice. So just don't get the shiny object syndrome when you're looking at everything. Where can people get in touch with you? If you go and listen to my podcast, the Collecting Keys Real Estate Investing Podcast, you can send me an email if you want, which is at mike at collectingkeyspodcast.com. You can also go to collectingkeyspodcast.com and we have a free five-step guide there for how you can start generating off-market leads. So it's a collectingkeyspodcast.com slash free. And then if you go and get that guide, you'll immediately be in my sphere and I'll reach out to you that way as well. Those links are available in the show notes. Mike, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well. If you've gained value from this conversation on successful direct-to-seller marketing for commercial real estate, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who you know will be interested in our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.